Thank y'all for following Unqualified Sports, where the unqualified athlete has the most qualified opinions. And I'm pretty sure if y'all been tuning in to our Instagram and Facebook pages, y'all know about the Unqualified Collection with that nice-ass AI GOAT moment stepping over Ty Lue. If you haven't seen the shirt, go check it out at the dash unqualified dash collection dot my dot com. Make sure y'all go get one of them shirts, please. And thank you. One. Welcome to Unqualified Sports, where the unqualified athlete has the most qualified opinions. It's your boy, Unqualified Errol in the building with my co-host. Well, how you doing today, big dog? Oh, man, you know, I'm happy to be back, man. I, I took a week off. I went on vacation. I went to Cancun, Mexico. Now I'm lying. I was really right here, just working, trying to get everything in line, man, for this website that we got that y'all need to go visit. Link is in the bio. Y'all need to go holler at that, man. Go shop. Y'all heard Unqualified Shy tell y'all to go make sure y'all go buy them fire AI shirts. Them goat moment shirts, them unqualified shirts, them full court bullet shirts, all of it. I mean, it's all there for y'all. Make sure y'all go check it out. We're definitely going to have this everywhere. So don't miss out on your opportunity to get these awesome, this awesome apparel that Unqualified Sports has provided for y'all. So we didn't, like he said, we took a week off. Uh, happy belated Mother's Day to all the mothers out there again. Um, yes, indeed. Yeah, so that was definitely a beautiful thing. The interview that we did last week, it was awesome. Uh, my dog, Kyron, uh, he actually, to me personally, we interviewed his big brother sometime last year, last summer, and I, I personally think he did a better job than his big brother. I'm just saying. Uh, you know, but... Oh, man. Yeah, he did, bro. That's I ain't gonna lie. He did, he did a really good job, man. For a 12-year-old, he did an awesome job, bro. He did an awesome job. So, shout out to Kyron. Shout out to Chris. Yeah, that was really impressive. That really was impressive. Oh, man. He did an awesome job. So, uh, shout out to him, his mom, Chrissy. Thank y'all again for, for providing us with y'all time so we can do the interview. We really appreciate it. And um, make sure y'all go yes, check sir. out. If y'all haven't heard the interview, go listen to it on the pod, uh, on our on our podcast station, uh, our Unqualified <coughs> Podcast, or go watch it on YouTube. We actually got a video footage of the uh, interview as well. So, it's it's pretty touching. I, I think everybody, I think everybody would like it. Uh, but man, we got to get into these sports. With us taking a week off, a lot of you know uh, BS that took place. You know what I'm saying over this time frame. So, so we got to we gonna we gonna start off by kind of going back a little bit and recapping just briefly some of these uh, the second round playoffs, bro. So we are gonna start with the Raptors. Oh, Sixers. Yeah. You know, I gotta we might since I'm since I'm in control right now. We're going to start with the series that I actually got right. Go ahead. Uh, so, Go ahead. <laughs> so we're going to start with them. Raptors, they won the series on uh, – uh, I mean, we have to start it with this with that shot that this man made to win the game to send them to the, the Eastern Conference Finals. Kawhi Bruh. Leonard literally Bruh. hit the perfect end of a basketball movie shot. The perfect one. It did. It did. Like, it bounced it on the rim long enough. For him to squat down, do a jailhouse pose to look at the goal. I'm talking about. Bruh. It was amazing. It was amazing. Bruh. The shot was so good, it forced Kawhi to show some personality. <laughs> That's how good that shot was. We actually got some personality, some emotion out of Kawhi Leonard. That's how great that shot was. <laughs> I can't, bruh. One of the best shots I ever saw in my life, bruh. I'm going to be honest. Like, for as big 
been balling, bro. Uh, it's funny you said that about the reaction thing because I was clowning with one of my partners. I forget exactly who, but uh, I was telling them, I said, bro, it's almost like Kawhi's cele celebration was like he never celebrated ever in his life, and it all came out in his face at that one moment. Like, that's what right. it looked like. Because <laughs> it still no. looked awkward. Like, even though it was a good celebration, yeah, like, it still looked awkward in a sense. It looked, it was quiet like. It looked like it hurt him. It yeah. hurt him. Like, it hurt him to celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like he was in pain the whole celebration. Like, he pulled the hand and hit the day with <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay. I'm almost uh, crying yeah. laughing, bro. I'm almost crying yeah. laughing. Yeah, <laughs> and we wasn't even, we didn't even discuss talking about this even previously. So, <laughs> this is gonna catch me off guard right now that you're talking about it. Oh you my God, me, bro. I can't stop laughing. Well, the Raptors ended up pulling that off. It was an awesome series. Yeah. It went down clearly to the wire, literally to the last second of the game. Um, Tip, you got to tip your head to the Sixers, though. They they put up a good fight. Uh, it, you, and it makes you went back and forth about that, too. Right. And, and about I, that period. Yeah. And it, it would have went in overtime, and, and, you know, who knows how it would have turned out. But I guess, you know, fate sealed itself with that one. Um, and, um, and, and before we leave that, I just wanted to say, you was right. And it, was, it goes back to my theory about what I said. The best player in the series having home court advantage typically wins, and I picked against it, and the theory proved to be right again. You're going to bite them and damn words. I promise you that. You're going to bite them words. We're going to talk about that later. Um, Sixers, like okay. I was about to say about y'all, Sixers, they they put okay. up a good fight, but it's almost like you kind of okay. question if they should make some changes. I personally think they should. We'll get into that later once them changes are made because I got a feeling that within this offseason, the Sixers might make yeah, some changes because they can't keep them all. They can't keep all them good players. Oh, no, somebody got to go. Yeah. Somebody got to go for sure. So, Maybe even two of them. Possibly. Um, <coughs> ben Simmons. Uh, moving forward. Um, Here you go, bro. Here you go. <laughs> Denver, Denver and Portland, um, which was a pretty good series. Uh, it went to game seven as well. Oh, he went right to the other one he got right. Oh, I didn't. I ain't mean to do that. I ain't mean to do that. I might as well, you know. Now that I did it, I might as well get it out the way. But Denver and Portland, it's funny because I actually wrote the Celtics under that. I scratched it out because, you know, we discussed, like, we thought we had talked about that. And I scratched it out and I put it at the bottom. So you about to get your shine on. We'll go over it again just in case anybody missed our last podcast. Oh, we definitely will. Denver and Portland. Portland. They, C.J. McCollum dominated them. C.J. McCollum said, give me the ball. I'm going to either make the shot or make the play. Yeah, game seven? Game seven, yeah. C.J. McCollum yeah. dominated them. And um, he showed to be more than potentially what people probably put him as, you know, rank him as, uh, at least in that moment. Yeah, because you told me something disrespectful. What you told me earlier about C.J. McCollum? Man, I, and I, don't, don't quote me. I want to say I read an article before when the playoffs started. They was talking about the top 50. I want to say it was 50. It might have been 30. Let's just, for argument's sake, let's just say 30 because I think that's a better argument. They said top 30 players. Yeah. CJ McCollum was 
one of the honorable mentions. And I just cold, don't bro. know if I just can't see that they got 30 players playing that played in the playoffs this year better than C.J. McCullough. It's really hard for me to think of 30. I really have to write my own list. And I just feel like he going to fall between 15 and 25, somewhere in there, before yeah, I get to I somewhere in there, too. I can't tell you exactly. Like you said, it was difficult because Golden State got about four, maybe right. five, if you count the boogie. So that, that starts you off in the hole right there. But, but they got a lot of teams that don't got two players better than Steve in the summer. Like Utah. Do you think Utah have two players better than Steve in the summer? I just take Utah out of my head. I don't think so. I, honestly, I don't think uh, uh, Donovan Mitchell better than CJ McCullough. He might not have one. That's why I'm about to say he might not have one player better than CJ McCullough. But his numbers going to say different because, you know, he the, basically the leader of that team. So, I, I would see why that's on And probably similar to CJ McCullough and CJ second Yeah, that's true. Um, like I said, I, I, I just personally think CJ a little a little underrated. I, th- I think just playing in Portland, I, I think when you play in Portland, you don't get the, the right respect until you go somewhere else. Like, nobody respected, um, what his name? He had the patch in his head, man. Uh, won a championship with Detroit. Rasheed Wallace. Rasheed Wallace. They, he didn't get the respect he deserved until he went to Detroit. He was, a, he was balling out in Portland. And people gave him some respect, but he didn't really get to me the respect he deserved until he left. It's like Portland is a little holding the wall. And that Portland team, not to even uh, get off subject, but that Portland team that she Wallace was on, the team that uh, blew the lead when the Lakers won their first championship together. Right. Like, that was a tough team. Uh, Rasheed Wallace, Jermaine O'Neal. It's fun, but it's like it's just a hole in the wall. Nobody really pays enough attention to it. Plus, it's on the West Coast. We can't watch most of their games anyway because they're going to show either the Lakers or Golden State, and they're not going to show Portland as much. You know, So it's just one of them things where they just kind of get the backseat to everybody else over in the West, and they're actually pretty good. Yeah, that's um, true. So, but speaking of Golden State, Golden State and the Rockets now. I'm going to let Shaq go ahead. I talked about my teams. I'm going to let him, you know, Rob had the Rockets going to the finals. Let you go, Shad. All right. So, um, yeah, about the Rockies going to the finals. I can't really talk too crazy to you because I think these inside you knew Houston wasn't going to be good with things that you wanted to be the one to go out on the limb and make the bold prediction because you, you, you figured you looked at it like this. Hey, if I'm wrong, everybody be like, well, people expect it. Go to say to be Houston. But if I'm right, I look like Nostradamus because I predicted the downfall of Golden State. Hey, it was cute. It was cute. But, you know, <laughs> Golden State is Golden Golden State. Is Golden State. And even with no KD, they went to Houston and closed them 
as the favorite, at least going into next year, because we still got three, maybe even four, if they could get, you know, cousins to come back. Because they'll get Clay back if Durant needs for sure. So they still have three all-NBA, all-star type players, which is Draymond, Steph, and Clay, the, the nucleus of that team. Now, tell me this. Tell me what you think about this. Well, you mentioned KD being hurt. We're going to get into that in a second. But before we get into that, before we get into the actual injury and all that, that those things, when the game before, uh, game, I think it was, what, Houston, Golden State won two, Houston won two, and then Houston lost the last yeah. two, right? Yeah. In game four, people were making this big deal. Clay Thompson, he uh, he tired of playing third fiddle. Uh, he wasn't engaged with the team on the bench. Blah blah blah. Game five, KD get hurt in the fourth quarter. Was the fourth quarter right? Right at the end of the third, beginning of the fourth, something to that effect. Yeah, I think it was the end of the third. Maybe about two minutes or something left in the third, or something like that. Something like that. KD gets hurt, which could potentially be. Some dealing with his Achilles. They saying it's a calf strain. Like I said, we're gonna get into that. Why Clay Thompson almost seemed like he was so happy <laughs> that that happened? Cause I'm that boy been going I'm not doing off. It with you, dog. He, I'm not. I'm not. Look, I'm not saying. Of course, he don't want. I'm not saying he don't want. He want that man to get hurt or anything like that. I'm not trying to imply that. What I'm saying is, it was almost like he felt like I can finally get my spot back. <laughs> Yeah, and, hey, bro, but let me tell you something about Clay Thompson game. It's not really a third option type of game. He's one of them people that need a lot of shots. He's a volume score. He's not really an efficient, efficient type of guy. I mean, he shoots the ball well from three. He's efficient in that regard, but he, he needs about 20 shots a game in order for him to really, you know, have this maximum output of, of, of you getting the maximum damage that Clay could do on the court. As long as KD's out there, though, you're not getting that consistently because as you see in the playoffs, they was leaning on KD a lot. Like, KD was shooting the ball 20, 25 shots a game. That was going to get his shots, of course. So, that leaves Clay with about 15 shots a game. And if he's not efficient in those 15 shots, then he's not really finding his rhythm. He's not really getting in the rhythm. So, with KD going down, Oh man, his eyes lit up like, oh yeah, they need me now. They need me to produce at a high level. And as long as I get my opportunities, I'm going to do that. That's the type of person Clay is. Right. Right. I and I told I totally agree. Uh, it's just to me, it seemed like he knew that it was game time again for him. Now, granted, they came out afterwards and said. They're not a better team without KD and this, that, and other. I'm going to just be completely honest, and it's going to probably going to – I'm going to sound like I'm contradicting myself later in the show. But when I, when I saw KD go down, I said, God damn. They not not at nine for sure they about to win the title. <laughs> that's the first thing that came to my mind. I was like, that's the honest to God. Because cause honestly, when they – I watched I watched the play, and we're going to get to this. But I got to speak on this play right now. I watched the play last night, and I seen it. But I seen it happen in the Portland. Somebody had the ball in the corner. They passed it, like, right outside the paint, like, literally straight into the paint, straight to the paint. 
they they rotated like they played perfect defense, right? Portland played perfect defense. They rotated yeah. to that man, but they had to rotate to the one that threw the ball from the corner. So they already trying to slide to the next okay. spot. So they they rotating to the first one. He passed the ball. So then the next man got to rotate. Next thing you know, here comes George Bell rotating again. All of a sudden, he wide open. <laughs> right behind the dude yeah. that just rotated. It's like, they played some awesome team basketball without Kevin Durant. Like, awesome. Like, top of the yeah. line team basketball without Kevin Durant. And that's really yeah. hard to beat, dog. But we're going to get into that. But the Rockets, they sold out. KD went hurt. Once KD got hurt and they came back in that game, in game five, that was the opportunity to take the bull by the horns. And win that series, and they failed. And I don't blame James Harden. I blame Dan Tony. That's my and I blame Chris Paul because even though he played a good game that game, all them other games, Chris Paul act like he didn't know what the hell he was doing, and he balled out against them last year, and he didn't bring that same intensity this year. So I kind of give it to Dan Tony more than Chris Paul, but both of them to me, they both to blame. Yeah, game five was uh, Chris. Chris Paul played absolutely terrible. And that was a big chance when KD got hurt. That, that was a close game. That was a big chance to actually go up all Golden State going back home. Because I think game six is a whole different type of game if Houston got a chance to close them out at home. Exactly. You know, they, 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 they whole mind frame is different at that time. But the fact that they gave up that game and they went back to Houston with their head down and probably like we couldn't steal a game and they didn't have KD and we couldn't steal it. I think that did something to their confidence. Oh, and definitely in game did. six, Steph, Steph Curry came out. Steph Curry couldn't get a bucket in yeah. game six. In the whole first half. And then in the second half, man, he just erupted. He showed y'all who he was. Steph Curry. Yeah, yeah. You remember who he was in that fourth quarter, I tell you that. He closed them out viciously. Like, and keep in mind, Clay Thompson kept him in the ball. game in the first half. 21 points. Half time. <laughs> Clay Thompson, I'm telling you, it's like he got rejuvenated, bro. He he got it's it's like I like I said, he's not happy that his teammate got hurt, and he know that they better, they really un un unbeatable without KD. You know, they feel they will feel that way. But once you get that game and KD go down, now he felt like free range. But we'll see. We're gonna talk about Golden State in a minute. Uh, but moving forward to my other bad pick, my actual supposedly champions of the NBA this year. Um, Boston Celtics got beat. Uh, yeah, man, look. when Boston went up one zero, Arrow hit the group chat. Lick, he hit the group chat like, "Yes, shot, yeah, huh? Blowout victory in Milwaukee. That's that's what champions do. <laughs> that's what champions do. They go, they go to the opponent all the time and they blow them out. Guess what? Full straight. Full straight." By Milwaukee, man. The Greek freak. So, why an MVP candidate? If not the MVP, he showed it, man. And what I got to say about Boston is I think that the way they collapse, I think that is, is going to be the motor that drives Kyrie out of Boston. I don't think he's going back to Boston. Y'all beloved Jason Tatum, the man y'all told me in the playoffs last year. It's why he's better than Kuzma and Ingram and Jalen Brown. Where were they? <laughs> Where were they? Jason Taylor was averaging like four points going into game yeah. four or five of that for that series. What, what, what happened? Bro. Where were these guys? 
So I'm, I'm gonna let you finish. I'm gonna speak on it. And and, and Terry Lewis so there than it is here. Uh, just keep it there. Uh, but <laughs> I'm going to tell you when I knew it was, like, even though I knew it was over when they went down 3-1, but when I really, really knew it was over when Kyrie said, that just mean I got to take more shots. I said, oh, that does not mean that. That does, that does not mean that. That, 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 ain't what that. that ain't what that meant. That ain't how you supposed to answer that question. I don't even remember the question. Yep. I just remember the quote. That just mean I gotta take more shots. Oh no, Kyrie! You ask why Jason Tatum didn't score as much? Cause Kyrie had that mentality going into the entire series. I just gotta take more shots. Who, Kyrie? And let, and let me ask you a question. I'm listening. I got a question for you too. Whenever you're done with your point, if, if you're done, I can ask you now. You can ask now. Go ahead. Whenever you. Okay. Um. Do you feel like Kyrie? And be honest. Honest. The growth of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum this season. I do. I, I do. I don't think it's a hundred percent his fault. Now I'm gonna tell you, I do believe a lot of the growth for them too. Well, I'm gonna say more so Jalen Brown. This, what started the growth of Jalen Brown to me was Gordon Hayward. But of of uh, Tatum, I think it directly affected him because he the same type of player as Kyrie. He just taller. Like he want the ball. He want to make put you know either. Do a move and shoot a shot, or he want to do a move and go to the goal. They play the same mm-hmm. type of basketball; they're just two different size players. Um, okay. So I think that that affected, you know, Kyrie. I think that's why Scary Terry. I think that's why Scary Terry is so effective. One Scary, Scary Terry, can, Terry, Scary Terry can score the ball, but Scary Terry is a point guard. He a point guard. He in, he probably we gonna see in the next say three to five years. He probably gonna be end up being one of those really good point guards in the league. Not necessarily like top tier, but who knows? But he he got the potential to be a really good point guard. Um, but but I think I think I think Kyrie affected Scary Terry and Jason Tatum more than he affected Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I think I think Gordon Hayward had a lot a lot a lot more to do with Jalen Brown's growth because I think Jalen Brown should have started this season. Over so that was more on Brad Stevens then. Exactly. 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 Okay. okay, that's a fair. That's a fair answer. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. So, but Celtics lost, bro. Like I said, Kyrie. I don't know what you're gonna do, boss. But Kyrie wasn't. He. You could just tell. He. He. He just ready to go. He shot them out that series, though. I ain't lying. But yeah. So, 
moving forward, because now I, I got to get out of my disappointment <laughs> stage, uh, yeah, Bucks man. and Raptors. So this series is interesting to me. Uh, you got really, two really good players that's really been playing very well in the playoffs, been showing you things about them here and there with each one of them, how they can adjust to make their team win. Um, both of their teams mm-hmm. rely heavily upon them. Um, I think the Bucks might be a little more talented. Um, I think the Raptors have a little more experience. So, okay. I think it's going to be an interesting series. So, I think the series is going to be a long series. Um, the the Bucks at, at this point, hold on, I, I'm, we're going to say our predictions at the end. Uh, the Bucks, the Bucks, okay. the Bucks are. Um, I think they might have, uh, they might have an edge because of home court, but who knows? The Raptors are really good. I, right now, I'm not gonna. I'm like I said, I'm gonna pick once we kind of both discuss it. Uh, what you think about this series? Um, I think it's gonna be a good series. Uh, I think they're pretty evenly matched as far as talent-wise, but like you say, Toronto has the experience. Most of that team has been, you know, deep in the playoffs. Even if it wasn't with Toronto per se, it feels like, you know, Serge Ibaka went to the finals before. You know, they, they got experienced players on that team. And Milwaukee is just kind of playing without money. You know how you have that young team that probably really don't even know how good they are. But they're just out there playing. And they're that talented that they can make any series or any matchup a difficult matchup because of how talented they are. Uh, I don't know who I necessarily give the edge to as far as Giannis and Kawhi. I think both of those guys would be would be good throughout this series. Kawhi had a rough first game. They both struggled in the fourth quarter. I believe Giannis had three points, but Kawhi had like two points in the fourth quarter. And the irony of that whole first game was that Kyle Lowry really carried Toronto that game. He had 30 points. He got seven to nine from the three-point line. Like, he was playing light. Out and you know, Milwaukee got help from Brook Lopez. Brook right. Lopez played lights out for Milwaukee, so it was kind of the unsung heroes, the guys that really stepped up in game one. And if that's an indicator of the type of help that each superstar can get as far as Giannis and Kawhi, then maybe the Bucks is going to be able to take this series. And that's actually who I'm predicting to win this series. I, I, I thought the Bucks just have Giannis. And they have home court, so that that was that's how close this series is. That I have to lean it in that table, but I don't know, man. It's really one of those series that can go either way, and I'm really interested to see what happens tonight in Game Two. Right, I, and me too. Um, you know, I, I I picked I picked the Raptors in the in the last in the last round, and I, it's just more so for. Because of just how I felt like they matched up against the Sixers, which, as we've seen, that could have went either way. So I could have easily been on the wrong side of that prediction. Um, so you know, like I said before, tip my hat to the Sixers because they played a hell of a series. And oh, and speaking of of reactions, Joel and B looked like that was his first time ever crying too. Like he don't even look like he cried as a baby. But he cried. That was his first time he ever cried, crying too because it, 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 it looked like it hurt it for him to cry. So uh, and I, I said, tell, I could tell he never seen. I could tell he never seen this is us before because he would have never <laughs> cried like that for the first time. And, and he's been a fan of this is us. So shout out to this is us, us, man. 
definitely definitely bro uh but if, if i had to if i had to pick if i had to pick I, I i'm honestly gonna go with the bucks um i'm going with the bucks because not just because of the home court advantage i just personally think Giannis on on a mission right now man um i think i think Kawhi gonna do what he need to do and he's gonna make this series interesting but i think the raptors have to put too much on Kawhi, and I think the Bucks don't necessarily have to put as much on Giannis. And I think because of that, that's going to make it harder for Kawhi to actually overcome. I can, I've seen, they had a lot of flashes of this in the last series where Kawhi literally has to direct his teammates on what to do in situations yeah. on the floor. I, like, I he got that. frustrated. Like, like, damn, like, make a play. You know, it's like you could see it like make a play, stop doing this, stop doing that, get away. Like they are they are, they they are, they will flash on him on the <clears throat> they'll do a, like a a trap, like a flash trap on him. When they they'll set the pick pick and roll, they'll set the pick and they'll do a flash a trap on him and he'll be trying to tell him like stop doing that. Y'all don't see what they're doing. It's almost like they just wanted him to win the game for him. They just wanted him to carry them yeah. to, to the to the promised land. Blitzing that pick and roll. That's yeah, a good observation. Like, yeah, Philly was blitzing it every time. Every time. I think they showed, Thank you for that word because I was messing it up. That's a good way to defend that. That's a good way to defend it. Like that's a good that's that's what people try to do. Sometimes they try to do stuff cover that, but it's just it's bad when you got Clay Thompson on the wing and Kevin Durant on the wing. You can't really blitz a pitching role like that because uh, uh, you give it to Draymond, and he's a playmaker as well. So right. you can't do that to certain teams. But like you said, if Kawhi's not getting the help, and he blitz Kawhi, he's just kicking the ball over to Siakam. And Siakam is a guy that's never been in this situation where it's bright lights and high pressure. He don't really know how to react to that situation per se. He, he's likely trying to get the ball back to Kawhi, who's still trying to get free. From the blitz he just, he just was under. So, Bruh. it's crazy, man. It's Look, crazy. I'm going to tell you what it looked like to me. It looked like to me, Kawhi went to the Y, and he had head captain. He was the he was the, the captain of a team. He got to pick teams. He picked five dudes. And when the game got close, they all just kept giving him the ball because of who he was. It Nobody else wanted to make a play because they got Kawhi. Like, that's what it was. That really is how dudes play at the wide, too. That really is. They start giving the ball to their best player and just getting out, trying to get, get out, out the, the way. way. And, yeah. So, yep. so to me, uh, <laughs> Kawhi, ain't that something? Anyway, uh, to me. Yeah, yeah. I thought, I thought that was some corny joke you were trying to I get was, off. I wasn't I didn't at even first. Want to acknowledge it. I didn't even want to acknowledge it. So I, was, I just kept I wasn't. Kawhi at the Y, man. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't at first though. Like I literally was just trying to make that point. That's what the that's what the Raptors reminded me of. I wasn't sure if they was gonna even get past the Sixers because of that style of play. I think I mentioned that in the last episode. But um, yeah, you were worried about that game seven because of that. Yeah. Um, of that. But the Bucks, like I said, I think the Bucks gonna win this series. I think they're gonna win in seven. Um, I think this series gonna have less blowouts than the last um than the last round of the playoffs. Um, you know, with both teams, cause it seemed like they, well, not with both teams, but the, the Bucks only got blue out one time. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. but, uh, yeah. either way, 
I think the Bucks. I do. I'm gonna take the Bucks to go to the finals. I, I want to see. I want to see what Giannis gonna do uh, in that situation. Um, but we got. How many, how many games? Oh, seven. Oh, definitely seven. He's going to seven. So you got to go seven. Yeah, I got to go in seven. I, I, I think they're gonna go to seven. I think, I hope they go to seven, man. That, that's just what the playoffs about, to me. You know, I, I want yeah, to see them go like seven. To seven game series too. And then Especially the Raptors. Since we're not about to get a seven game series in this other series we're about to talk about, but exactly. Yeah, I hope this one goes seven. Exactly. So I'm not gonna even say anything else about the Raptors and the Bucks. We're gonna just move straight forward into what you just said. Great segue. Portland, Golden State, two <laughs> games in. Portland's down 0-2. Golden State's up 2-0, however you want to say it. Uh, Portland made a run last night to make it interesting. Um, they dominated the first half, but, you know, Golden State is a third-quarter team. And Clay just said, KD not here. Give me the ball and watch what I do. And that's what he did. He balled out in the third quarter. Steph basically finished him off. Iguodala with the good defense at the end on Dame Lillard, which is an awesome coaching move. I mean, you got to credit Steve Kerr with that by putting Iguodala on Dame, knowing that 9 out of 10, either him or McCullum would take the last shot. Um, so uh, they end up losing that game by three. What, 114-111? Uh, with no KD. Um, Steph balling like he an MVP. Um, Clay excited because he can finally play with his friends again. And... Yeah, I mean it's 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 crazy, bro. Like <laughs> Portland, Portland, Portland ain't looking too good for Portland. But it is too like the one thing I I try not to do is understand. I try to understand that the first two games are supposed to be won by the home team. So it's it's playing out how it's supposed to play out right now. Portland should should be able to go home and win two games. Do I believe they will? No. Uh, just to be frank, I don't. I think Portland maybe gets maybe gets two games. They might get two games, but it might have to be one on Golden State flow some kind of crazy way on some on some craziness, like on some we just play lights out, like almost like they did last night, almost like they did last night. I think they. I think I want. I want them to take them to six, but I. I my prediction is five for Portland. Yeah, man, I'm going Golden State five. Uh, this injury by KD, he has already been ruled out for um, game three and game four. He will not travel with the team to Portland, so he'll be reevaluated in a, in a few days to see if he can make his return for game five. If he does return game five, it's over. If he doesn't return game five, it's over. I got Portland getting either game three or game four at home. And I think Golden State, when they get back, the um, uncle, right? Is it uncle? I think so. They'll end it. They'll end the Oracle. That's what it is. They'll end it. They'll end it. Once they get back there for game five. And right now, Golden State is playing perfect basketball. It's for team basketball. They're moving the ball a lot more. The ball is not sticking. They're not relying on one man to carry them, even though they have a bunch of individual players who can who can get it done. They're still going back to the way they used to play. 
And that's right. with ball movement, great defense. He, a lot of people forget that Golden State, the first time they won the championship, was the top two, top three defensive team right. in the league. Right. They thrived off their defense, their rotations. And Dream Green was the anchor for that. And he had another outstanding defensive game last night. I believe he had 16 points, eight rebounds, seven assists, and like six blocks or something like that. He picked up his fourth foul early in the third quarter. He waved Steve Kerr off. He told Steve Kerr, I'm okay. Just let me stay out here. He trusted him. He didn't pick up his fifth foul until middle to late in the fourth quarter. And he was able to last for the rest of the game. And they definitely closed it out. Golden State, man, they're, they're a tough, tough team to beat. And they showed that even without Kevin Durant, who's their best player, they're still just as dangerous as ever, man. I got them in five. I got um, the Bucks hopefully in seven. And I'm looking forward to that Golden State and Milwaukee series. If it, if it happens like that, I think that'd be a good final. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I, I want to say this before we get on this KD injury. Uh, in his canter, he about to get paid. Um, he yeah, definitely so about to get paid. Huh? So you think he did enough to secure the bag? And his cancer didn't secure the bag. And his cancer played through a separated shoulder. He about to get paid. I, I, I don't know who going to pay him, but I don't know if he on a contract yet or not. But he about to get paid. I think he is. Because he, he, he bought, he, he, he was a great addition for them. I mean, just think, in the last series, they probably wouldn't even got past Denver if they didn't have him. I mean, we just be just be honest. They wouldn't have probably with Leonard and, and and other guy, I can't think of his name. The younger cat, I think he's twenty one years old, I can't think of his name, but um he playing well. Oh, Zach Collins. Zach yeah, Collins. with the, he, he the one got the scar on his forehead. Like he got yeah. a cut or something there. Yeah, yeah, him. Um they wouldn't have got past Denver without Ennis Cantor being there. Um he had some big games in that series. He's a great offensive rebounder and he could score, but I'm not. I'm not saying he's great or anything as far as a player. But I think that he's gonna get a a pretty good check uh, coming up this off this uh, off season. But that's neither here nor there. KD and this injury. My assessment of this injury it, when I first saw it, it was Achilles, just like everybody else in the world. All the commentators said it. Reggie Miller yeah. said it looked like somebody kicked in the back of your leg or something like that. It was either him or Chris Webber. Look like somebody kicking the back of your leg. You think somebody kick you, and you could barely walk. They saying it's a calf injury. It could be. Steve Kerr said this. It's more serious than what you know. I don't think he playing for the rest of the playoffs. And if I'm KD, I the the competitor in me would want to play, but the career in me would say, Nah, I'm good. I wouldn't come back if I was him this this playoff, um, because it might it might it might could turn out worse than what it might be. Uh, I personally think he got a partial tear in his uh, Achilles. That's what I think, but I could be wrong. Or maybe he got a partial tear in his calf. I, th- I think he have some worse than just a calf strain, like just a strain. I don't think he's gonna play for the rest of the for the rest of the playoffs. What you think? So you think this is just a, a, a smoke screen by Golden State saying that they can't 
I think when you say calf strain, it doesn't seem that bad. So I don't know how you felt about it when you heard it, it was a calf strain, but I just did hear you mention, or well, KD might be back for game five, or if he not, you know, you just said it slightly, but it's almost like it's a it could be a possibility. I don't think he's going to play any of this series at all. Like, if he come back, he maybe come back for the finals, but he definitely won't play this series at all. I don't see it. I don't oh, see it really? happening. Yeah, I don't see it happening. Because I think they keep saying, like, they keep questioning Steve Kerr about it, and he keep stating, like, it's worse than what y'all what y'all believe. You know, like, he's saying things to make you believe that this, this injury might be a little more far off than what y'all think think it is just by thinking it's just some slight calf strain they said he, he said the other day kd haven't even got back on the court he not even he not even clear to even get back on the court and practice jump shots you see what i'm saying or just run so if he can't even go run right now you know on the court like yeah. that's that sound that sound a little more serious to me you know a calf strain if you think it's a calf strain, you might have pulled a calf muscle or something to that effect. Okay, well, that, that might not be that bad. But the way he responded to what happened, the injury, it seemed like it might be a little worse than what it is. And I'm not saying I don't wish none of this on KD. I personally think if he if he is in, uh, have a serious injury, I think he needs to just step back because he got a bag coming his way. I think he's going to get it regardless, but yeah. why, why yeah. risk it? That's true. So... That's true. Um, I don't know. Like you said, I never thought about it like that. I didn't really hear Steve Kerr response to it. So I don't know the exact extent of the injury, but I do think that if it is a calf strain, he will be back. But like you said, if it's more to it, then I think that's some concern for Golden State. And they really going to have to try to find a way to get it done without him. They've been doing good so far, but I don't know if that's going to be good enough, you know, in the finals per se. Right. Right, right. I understand that. I understand that. So, so would your finals prediction be changed if KD don't come back? Would it change? I still got Golden State. I just have probably have Golden State more games, maybe six or seven games, even, you know, with the way the Bucks are playing right now. But I still have Golden State regardless. So you mean to tell me you don't think that series will go far if if go if KD was there? Yeah. Don't I go to Steve Fry? <laughs> Buddy, man, I don't respect for nobody. <laughs> no, I don't. I really don't, dog. No. A healthy KD? Is that team healthy? I mean, not, not Boogie. Boogie, you know. I hear words. He might be back for the finals, but I'm not counting him at all. If Golden State is healthy, I got them in five. Over the Bucks. So before, before, I, before I make an idiot of myself, right? In the Raptor Sixers series, okay. you believe that Kawhi was the best player throughout that whole series? Like, not throughout the series. Like, before the series started, you thought Kawhi was the best player in that series? Yeah. Okay. I Kawhi right. was top five player in NBA. Okay. I just wanted to make – I just I didn't, I didn't want – I didn't know if you thought maybe Embiid was better than him or something to that effect. I just wanted to – Yeah, that'd be the only one arguable, but no, nah, I got Kawhi over Embiid. Okay. Okay. Well, then I'm not going to make myself look stupid. Uh – because I, I was about to go back on something you said, but I know you don't think Giannis the best player in the, in the, if they was to play Golden State. So 
But we'll get we'll so, cross that bridge when we get there. Um, he's the second best player though. Ah, that's a tough. That's a tough one to say. He might be though. He might be ah, the second best player in that series. Be. But if KD doesn't play, is he? The ah, that's that's what the ah was for. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that. So, hold on, hold on. Before we move forward, I mean, you said the team with the best player that got home court is usually the team that wins the series. And if relax, the Bucks go to the finals and KD doesn't play, then Giannis will be the best player in a Game 7 series with home court. So you still I picking Golden State. I don't know if he's better than Steph, though. So I can't. That's why the theory don't work, because I don't know if he's better than Steph. I mean, you mean what? I mean, I'm just, I'm no, just saying. Like, this is no, your words. I'm just, no. I'm just, just asking you about stuff you said. I'm not asking you about, you know. I mean, but hey, we're gonna, we're gonna go ahead and move forward. Uh, the NBA draft lottery was the other night. Uh, we all, we all know uh, Zion Williamson uh, will be the number one pick in the draft unless something crazy happens. But we actually found out who got the number one pick in the draft. So shout out to the to the homebred New Orleans Pelicans for getting the number one pick in the draft. Uh, so that was pretty That was pretty damn cool. Um, you know, it's got a lot of rumors around Zion, Pelicans. Everybody wanted the Knicks to get the first pick, which in pre-production we found out that they probably are kind of deserving of a number one pick. Um, so you got the Lakers at number four, the Knicks at number three, uh, Memphis at number two, and you got – Cleveland at number five, which is pretty interesting. It's crazy how when LeBron leaves somewhere, they end up getting a top five pick almost every year. Um, so, uh, um, uh, but it's also funny that LeBron went always, somewhere and got a top four a pick. Always looking for a chance to pay LeBron on the back. No, you didn't. You you didn't hear the last of it. They also, I said, oh. it, LeBron actually went somewhere and their team actually got a top five pick, and that's crazy. Uh, so. That's on the same hand. It's still crazy. So, uh, either way, um, Pelicans, number one draft pick, pick Zion. What do you think is going to happen in that situation with the Pelicans, with Zion, Anthony Davis, everything that's circulating around that? Oh, man, that's a lot lot to unpack here. But I find it, with my conspiracy side, I find it funny that Soon as Anthony Davis decides to are out of, of the Pelicans organization, they miraculously get the number one pick. This makes me, this calls me back to a time when Chris Paul demanded a trade from the Pelicans in the next season. Guess what? The Pelicans got the number one pick and drafted who? Anthony Davis. It's just funny how how, time, how history repeats itself almost. Because the year Cleveland left, uh, the year LeBron left Cleveland, that's who had the number one pick. Mm. Cleveland. It, it, it seems like, you know, when small markets lose their main guy, the NBA almost rewards them. You know, like, okay, well, we, ain't gonna, we, we need a ticket seller here for this team. The team's not generating money as is. Let's try to get them a ticket seller or somebody who's going to put some some real ends in the seat, and let's make them some money. You you ever noticed that? Yeah. I, I didn't notice until you said it, but it makes sense. 
I, I don't I'm not gonna stay here if you if you draft me. Okay, whatever. Uh I don't think he should do that. I think that's a bad look for him. Um But at that's at the same time too, uh I can see why people would say that. I personally think Zion, his, his stepdad came out and said he, you know, he's gonna be happy wherever he get drafted at. I think if he go to the Pelicans, the city gonna embrace him. I think uh I think that AD is gone. Then you got uh, Holiday gone. I think you can build a team around him, especially a young team. You can build up a team around him and can turn that team into a potential, potentially uh, perennial playoff team if you build it up right. I think David Griffin is one of those type of GMs. If he can do it right, which, you know, he, he was – over LeBron in, in that sense, but you know everybody thinks LeBron is the GM, so you know how that go. But um, he still did. He still did put together a championship team. Let's let's just keep it honest. He have a championship under his belt. He have a lot of playoffs under his belt. Uh, so you know his resume still should speak some type of volume. Uh, it does. So um, does. I, I would think that he can pull off something awesome down in New Orleans. I would hope he would. And if he can get Zion, if he can build up a team around Zion, he got he has some really good assets to trade away with Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday. He can potentially get a lot of good things. Uh, once Max Kellerman said this, now I don't like it for New Orleans, but I do like it for the Raptors, if, say, Kawhi stays. What if you traded Drew Holiday for Kyle Lowry? What would that series look like against the Bucks right now, if that was something that would, that could have happened? And that to me, that series looked different. I don't even think I picked the Bucks in that series that they got Drew Holiday. Uh, I think really? it's way. I think it's way closer. Yeah, I think Drew Holiday a way better player than Kyle Lowry personally. Uh, I think, really? Yeah, especially for a Drew Holiday, not gonna look at look at Kawhi Leonard and say, "Oh, I just need to get him the ball." Drew Holiday gonna get the bucket. So. Uh, I do. That's just my personal opinion. I think Drew Holiday is better than Kyle Lowry. That's not the argument to make, but just just thinking about how that changed the dynamics of the team. He a better defender, so you got somebody else who can defend from basically one through three for the most part effectively, along with Kawhi and Siakam and Ibaka. You like you you got a you got a better team to me. But that's neither here nor there. Uh. If you can move Drew Holiday for some key assets to build around uh, Williamson, then I think I think I think you can make the Pelicans into a, a team that people talk about more often than not. Um, I see the Pelicans didn't didn't shy on after this draft lottery putting out a whole bunch of ads about season tickets. I don't know if you noticed it on your Facebook, <laughs> but I did yeah, that I night. Did. I'm talking about that it, night. Uh, something about the, the six. I forgot what they called it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've seen, I seen the campaign for it. I was like, man, I'm not playing. But I ain't mad at them, you know. It is what it is. Got to do what you got to do. So, I don't know. I, I think it works out, man. Um, I hope it works out for the Pelicans' sake, for New Orleans' sake. Hell, they they, they messed this up. They're going to they gonna end up getting rid of the Pelicans down here, bro. <laughs> I'm gonna get one of these podcasts. I'm gonna really get in the house feel about Zara. I'm letting him live right now, though. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna get into one of these one of these podcasts. Maybe when we get closer to the draft, 
Yeah, yeah that'll you. be perfect I time, really, actually. That'll be the perfect time. I really feel about this young man. Right. So I got a couple, couple, couple things, couple comparisons I want to make about this young man. Well, the, we'll I, I, I know, I know it probably have a, a lot of negative connotation with whatever you got to say about him, but uh, I'm pretty sure you got a lot more uh, despise and dislike and disdain. Towards the Lakers and the mess that they got going on, uh, uh, and like as much as like stuff kind of linger around LeBron and it be it's his fault, it's kind of his fault. You know, he got a little hand in it. He knew about this. He should have did whatever. This situation right here, I don't know what to think about it. <laughs> I don't know what to think about it, bro. Frank go Frank Bogle got hired. Then Jason Kidd got hired as, like, his top assistant manager, which basically they saying that we're going to hire Jason Kidd as the coach after this first year of Frank Vogel due to whatever the – That's how you think it's going to go down? I, I do. I, why would you hire – these are two head coaching candidates. Why would you put them you, – you basically Frank forcing Frank Vogel's hand and saying you, he has to be on your staff. Like, Frank Vogel is supposed to be able to pick his own staff, which is the reason that Tyron Lue's not there. So. Well, I, got, I know the reason why they didn't hire Jason Kidd as the head coach. Uh, it's, it's, it's staring you right in the face. It's the, it's the domestic violence thing, man. That well, yeah. picture that he had off the court. Well, That's yeah, the yeah. reason. They, yeah. Could, they couldn't get that man a head coaching job, be the face of the organization. With the mess that they, they're in right now, for them to make that move, although you clearly see that they want him to to be the guy, but they're just not bold enough or brave enough to go step out there and do it. And I don't understand why you don't do it. If you feel like if you don't have a problem with the hiring him as your assistant coach with the domestic violence thing, then hell, you might as well go ahead and make him a head coach. If you, if, if, if either you have a problem with it or you don't, either you gonna stand against it or you not. Right. Altering the position of it don't, okay, we're going to make you assistant coach and not the head coach. That way we'll get some criticism and backlash, but we won't get as much. But look, either you support it, you're supportive of it, or you're not. So I don't understand how that situation goes. And another thing, people should wash their hands with blaming LeBron for this. If, if LeBron had anything to do with the Tyron Lee right now today, we'll be the Lakers head coach. But it's obvious that LeBron is keeping his hands clean of this mess that they're in and just saying, I don't have anything to do with it. I'm letting them do them, and I'm just going to show up and play. Because every time I say something or I do something, I get the blame for it, and I don't want no parts of this mess that they got going on. Yeah, definitely. Do what you think, uh, you know, everybody been speculating about a LeBron trade. What you think about that? I think it's dumb. I think it's stupid. I think it's idiotic. I think it's retarded. I think it makes no sense. You spend all this time, year after year, chasing a big name free agent. Now you finally get one. And are you going to trade him all? I don't understand these people. These people are on the knees with Russell Westbrook in the past, Carmelo Anthony in the past, Paul George. Uh, all these different guys, DeMar DeRozan, he got turned down by everybody. Finally, LeBron, probably the biggest player of this era, decides, okay, 
you know, I'm going to come over there. We're going to make this thing happen. And you trade them. What you think, what kind of message would you be sending to the other free agents that may be thinking about coming to L.A.? If you got with them, they trade a LeBron. What you think they're going to do to me? Mm-hmm. Like, if some stuff goes going on. So, uh, that's just stupidity, bro. And people get bored with this time of year. The Lakers not playing. So, they need stories. They need something to talk about. There's no way that the Lakers trade LeBron. Unless something between now and our next podcast or whenever, something goes drastically wrong. Something else. But I think that the Lakers having a, a, a freaking 2% chance of getting the number one pick and having a 9% chance of jumping into the top five on lottery day was pretty much the best thing that's happened to the Lakers this offseason. Because other than that, it's been a complete mess, bro. A complete one, bro. A literally, a literal complete mess, though. Like, I'm I'm afraid for our offseason because I don't know who's going to want to come play for the Lakers. Who gonna want to be coached by Frank Vogel? That's the first thing. Not saying he a horrible coach. He did pretty good at Indiana, but he didn't do too good with the Magic. And the same team, you know, that he coached the the the, the previous year, they went to the playoffs uh, under a new head coach. So he, that doesn't say too much about him. Um, like you say, the Jason Kidd thing, Tyron Lue, they wouldn't let him pick his staff. He was gonna pay him six million a year, but they wasn't gonna let him pick his staff. Some people say he should have just took it. But if he can't pick who he wants, and it was to only three years. Yeah, it was only three years, but he probably would have got extended. I mean, that was as long as LeBron was gonna be there. Um, and who knows? He probably could have got extended. But if they're not gonna let you have any type of authority, then I understand. I can understand. I can understand his point. Um, you know, at least for you know what he wants to do. I mean, he is a championship coach, regardless and, if it's LeBron. And you would know because. He- he did the same thing to David Black. When David Black got the Cleveland coaching uh, job, LeBron wanted Tyron Lue to be the one of his assistants. They ended up making Tyron Lue one of his assistants, and what happened last season? David Black get fired, Tyron Lue takes over. So he's been in that situation before you that think, he was trying to put Jason Kidd. You think Frank Vogel going to make it through the season? Through the season? Yeah. They got to lose him more. Better at least than more. Okay. I respect that. I think so, too. Only because it's so chaotic. If the franchise was stable and was making sound decisions and he got onto a bad start, I could see it. But they're so chaotic right now. People, they don't even have a president of basketball operations right now. People saying it's Kurt Rambis calling the shot. What? Yeah. Kurt Rambis? Right. He just got ran out of the New York with Phil Jackson. They kicked him out together. Wow. Man, I don't know. The Lakers giving me a headache, and making it real hard to be a Lakers fan right now. But what? Um, something I did want to say though, if if they can't make a move with the Anthony Davis, because the Pelicans don't want to make a deal with them out of spite, pay attention. Be on the lookout for a Bradley Beal trade. I wouldn't be surprised. It wouldn't take as much to get him. You probably could get the number four pick and probably. Kuzma and maybe Hart or something like that. Uh, maybe the number four pick and probably Brandon Ingram or somebody like that. And you probably could get Bradley Bill. And I think he's the type of player that, that'll fit perfect for a side of LeBron. And he would give LeBron instant, instant help that he needs. Probably won't be enough to get you over the top or anything like that. But he definitely, Bradley Bill, he's averaged 25 points a game for the third straight season. He, he should that even without John Wall, like he's he's 
inside of LeBron and not ground shoes or got him that don't need the ball in his hands a lot. Mr. Pierce score. I think he's a good option for the Lakers too. If they want to move that pick and get somebody that can help them, he needed. Right, right. I totally agree. I totally agree. I didn't think about bad, uh, Bradley Bill. Um, yeah. I didn't think about him coming there. Well, I, I've thought about it over time, but not not necessarily. You know, I don't know. I, I don't know who the hell would want to go play there. I know LeBron. Like, damn, I didn't yeah. expect this to happen. Um, so oh, hell no, LeBron. He said that on the shot. Like about that, about that magic Johnson incident. Oh yeah, yeah. We talked about that on the shot. Yeah, that was, and that was crazy. I had him post. Like he didn't even tell the fan that. That's crazy, bro. <laughs> it's it's almost it hard is. to believe. Right, it, it is. You almost feel like LeBron. Even though I know he's not lying, bro. That's how much this this dysfunction of that organization is right now, bro. And it's crazy. It is crazy. Yeah, we might as well go ahead and get Mike Conley Don't and, me mad, bro. and and Bradley Bill, and let's see what that ha- what happens with that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, look at the way we're going. Conley can't hurt. It can't hurt, bro. It can't hurt. I don't want Conley. I mean, but at least I know he's a player that that can get it done. I don't right. know how long he's gonna be able to get it done because he's getting up to age. I know Bradley Bill still about probably about twenty seven, but he's still a young guy. I know the Wizards are rebuilding, too. But John Wall coming off an injury, they moved Otto Porter to try to get younger. So I could see them moving Bradley Bill for a piece like Kuzma or Ingram or something like that. Because you need young players, you know, and you have to draft it. So that, that number four pick and another young player will get you in the right direction. You'll get off the hook for the money that you owe Bradley Bill, who's not even making max money right now. So the Lakers will be more than happy. I think he has two years of combined fifty-five million. So what? What is that? About twenty-seven million per yeah. year. Yeah. That's, that's, that's not bad, you know, for a player that that really a max type of player. Because we all know Bradley Beal is a free agent this year. He'd be getting the max. We all know. Right. Exactly. So, so I think I think that's a move that works out for both teams. Because that's the only team I can really think of that has a superstar, and they're rebuilding. And they wouldn't mind getting rid of this superstar in order for a draft pick on young players, which the Lakers have a lot of young players, as you know. Yeah, that's true. That's true, man. Well, I, we were going to get into a little more dysfunction, um, but we're going to have to wrap this show up. We're going to get into these Jets and them firing ATM. I guess we'll talk about that. Uh, some more NFL craziness because NFL decides yeah, to do yeah. crazy stuff in the offseason. Shout out to the Jets for being the Jets. Yeah. As like Max Kellerman said, they told the Giants, "Hold my beer." <laughs> well, I'm gonna show you how this. Is going. Uh, and, right. we're gonna, and we're gonna definitely get into how Tom Brady keep getting make get. They just make it easier and easier for him and his division, for him uh, to just go get into the playoffs. But either way, that they, they, must want, they must want Brady around for another ten years. That's what they do. I don't know, bro. I don't know. I'm. I don't want to see Brady for another 10 years, bro. I, I appreciate him so far. It took me a while to appreciate that. I'm going to really hate this man if he played for another 10 years, bro. I'm going to hate Tom Brady. Man, I hate, I hate this man. Nah, he could play for another 10 days, and I'm going to hate this man, bro. <laughs> uh, well, damn. that's going to wrap our show up, man. Again, thank y'all for listening. Thank y'all for tuning in. Make sure y'all yes, like, sir. share. 
comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. Go check out the Unqualified Collection. Uh, the link is definitely in our Instagram bios on our Facebook page. Uh, make sure y'all go buy some merchandise from us, man. It's some awesome merchandise. So um, we appreciate y'all, and y'all be blessed. Oh, yeah. Oh, go ahead. What you got? Oh, yeah, I was just about to say, um, I was about to shout out the, uh, the other podcast. Oh, yeah, 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 I'm sorry. Y'all go check that out, man. Emerald, you need to come on the show. We actually get the curse. We actually get to get unfiltered. Y'all need to go check that out as soon as possible. It's the One Cup in Podcast on all streaming services. This about Apple ain't pick us up yet, because I think we curse too much. So that's what we need to hear now, there. But everybody else, we're on there. Y'all look for us. And Errol. We need you on that show because I know you have a great time, bro. Okay. I definitely, I'm going to make an appearance very soon, bro. I'll All make right. an appearance very That's soon. Y'all be blessed, man. Yes, sir.